Cool. Well, if you have a Bible today, let's open up to 1 Samuel chapter 14. First Samuel chapter 14, and today we pick it up in verse 24. We read this. It says, and the, and the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. And so none of the people tasted food. Now all the people of the land came to a forest, and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods, there was the honey dripping. But no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with the oath, and therefore he stretched out the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it in a honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth, and his countenance brightened. And then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. But Jonathan said, My father has troubled the land. Look now how my countenance has brightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies which they found. For now there would not have been a much would not would there not have been a much greater slaughter among the Philistines? Now they had driven back the Philistines that day from Michmash to Ajalon, and so the people were very faint. You know, we I don't know if you were here last week, but if you weren't, we were talking about this battle that God is uh, allowing the Israelites to be engaged with against the Philistines. And it was a great victory that God brought about through Jonathan. But the problem is that Jonathan's not the king. Jonathan's the, the, the son of the king. And there's an individual, most of you probably know uh, who it is, that is the king. His name is Saul. And this guy, is uh, he's just uh, a really really bad example of a leader. He is an absolutely terrible, terrible leader. And we're going to see, you know, it's amazing because he had uh, so much promise. He had such a, uh, 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 I guess you could say, just a full-on chance to be a godly man. And to bring God glory. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people think that he had a pretty good beginning. But in the end, and we're going to see this at the end of this book right here, it got so bad that we're going to see God would not hear his prayers. And therefore, he went and sought a medium, the witch of Endor. He sought demons. And then really in the end, He killed himself. Now, when I read this story right here about Saul, you know, I I just, I don't know. I don't know how you guys are when you read it, but, you know, it strikes fear into my heart. It really does. I think that if you're not careful, that it is so easy to go the way 
of Saul. If you're not very careful. And when I look at the church today, I think that many have gone the way of Saul. And here's the thing. Many leaders have gone the way of Saul. Because you want to know what the main problem with Saul was? You want to know what his main problem was? And I, and I, and I just, it just hit me today like, like a ton of bricks, man. His main problem was that he was a man who really didn't have a personal relationship with God. I don't know if he was saved in the beginning, but I, I just know this, that he didn't wait on the Lord. He didn't have a personal relationship with God, but he wanted to be a good leader. He wanted, he tried to be a leader, but he didn't try to follow God in order to be a good leader. And so he was one of those guys, he could go to church, he can quote the scriptures, He's one of those guys who kind of knew, you know, how to, you know, I can fast and I can make decisions and I can, you know, go through the motions. But in all reality, he never really heard the voice of God. He didn't have a personal relationship with God. I mean, he didn't really pray. He didn't really get into the word so that the the word would burn in his heart. He wouldn't go and, you know, listen to Bible studies or get together with the priests and fellowship so that, you know, he can really hear the counsel of God and the, and the marching orders of God. He was just a religious guy. And, you know, I just really want to warn you, you know, and, and challenge you. When was the last time you really heard God's voice and speaking to you and guiding you and confirming things through the scripture. And then when you're praying and you're and you're weeping before the Lord over your sins. Because we have sins that we've got to deal with and things that we've got to give them to God. And 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 yet it's so easy. And I just I just really want to warn you, please don't have a casual comfortable, complacent Christianity. Don't just, you know, go to church once in a while and you kind of go through the motions and you drop a few dollars in the offering basket and, and you know, wh- whatever. We know how to do that. Don't do that. Wait on the Lord. If you're not hearing God's voice, then, you know, go back into your prayer closet and keep praying. Keep seeking the Lord. Until he empowers you with his Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you, that's really what we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have an intimate relationship with God. Otherwise, you know what? You're just going to do things. Like, like what we see right here, what happened in verse 24, is the men of Israel, it says right there, they were distressed that day. Um, they were distressed. The Hebrew word, it means to be hard-pressed. The dictionary defines it as suffering from anxiety and sorrow and pain. Um, These guys were basically hurting. If you have a New Living Translation, it says they were worn out. They were just worn out. If you look down at verse 28, it says the people were faint. The people were faint. 
And then if you look over in verse 31, it says the people were very faint. Why? Why were the people distressed? Why were they worn out? Why were they faint? Why were they very faint? It's because their leader was off. That's why. Their leader, it says right there, had made this oath. It says in verse 24, Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. And so none of the people tasted food. You know, he just said, Hey, you know, and there they are in the middle of a battle. And he says, I want all of you here to fast. Cursed is the one who eats any food. But the problem was, God was not leading this man. God was not leading Saul. And here Saul was trying to lead the people with religion that was vain. And therefore what happens? The people were then suffering. It was not spirit-led. It wasn't, you know, this true blue relationship that Saul had. And then, you know, what ends up happening is you become a follower of Jesus Christ as a leader. And then, you know, you're able to lead others. He had a religion, right? I mean, fasting is good. Most of us here would say, well, fasting is good, Manny. Fasting is good. Not, not, not when it's not spirit-led. Can you remember anybody in the Bible? They were really good at fasting, but they did not love God. Oh, the Pharisees, the religious leaders. See, it has to be spirit-led. And especially if you aspire to leadership to the point where you would impose this on the life of others. And that's why for us as leaders, it's such a heavy responsibility you know, and it, and it really, and i got to be honest with you, because I definitely have not arrived, and I know you guys know that, but I'm telling you this, as I'm going through this section of the Bible, uh, God is just really challenging me in my place as a leader. And just saying to me, he's basically saying to me, listen, Manny, if you're going to be a leader like this, then get out of town. Because I want leaders, God says, I want leaders. Leaders need to be men and, and women who hear God's voice. Because if not, you know, you will lead them astray. Remember Jesus in the days when he was watching all the people and he says, man, they're weary and they're scattered because in all reality, they're sheep without a shepherd. It, it got so bad because, you know, there are some leaders and they'll lead people who are saved and it's just not to a good place. But then there are some leaders who would lead them. Remember the blind leading the blind where? Just over the ditch. Straight to hell. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you guys. If you're a leader, an overseer, if you're a husband, if you're a, a leader in any way, in which people are obligated in one sense to follow you, you as a leader, I beg of you, make sure that you are following Jesus Christ and you are hearing his voice. Because it's not going to cut it if you're just going through the motions. Unless you can say, 
I've heard his voice. And, and what ends up happening is, you know, I found in my life when God leads me that God will prophesy through other people. God will confirm things supernaturally in my life. God will give me a scripture passage that's applicable. And then a lot of times he'll give it to me again and again. And, you know, and it's really clear God is leading you. But a lot of times, guys, they won't, they're, they're not really being led by the Lord. They're just living. They're just living and they're doing things. That's what Saul was doing. And as a result of that, the people were distressed. They were worn out. The people were faint. They were very faint. And we're going to see that in the end, it's just a terrible place to be. You know, and so I hope that you guys are blessed. You're blessed with this, that all God is asking of us is to have a relationship with him. Now, isn't that cool? Now, it's not like we're asking you to do 75 push-ups or something, man. It's not like we're asking you to stand on your head or whatever, man. You've got to learn to do a, a flip off the high dive or something. You know, we're not. We're saying this. Just be real. Have a real relationship with God. Because Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice. They hear my voice. You've got to make sure that you don't stop short of that type of relationship, especially if you are a leader. You see, God doesn't want religion without relationship. And the only way you're going to know when and how to fast is if you're led by the Lord. Not just generally, but personally. You know, fasting in and of itself is not a fast track. It's not a fast pass so to speak, to victory. It's not even a fast track to being an individual who's right on spiritually. You know, we see in the Bible that there were many times where even the children of Israel fasted, but their hearts weren't right. You know, when, when you look at this right here, it wasn't time for them to fast. And it's so evident. Everybody knew it except the leader. Everybody knew it. Jonathan knew it. The soldiers knew it. The only one that didn't know it was Saul. You know what's kind of interesting, you guys? Remember what the Lord described the promised land as? It's a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. Milk and honey, right? That's good stuff. Flowing with milk and honey. From what I understand, the honey was amazing, man. It was just amazing. You guys like honey? It's good. Do you put it in your coffee? Try it. It's really good. Put on your peanut butter sandwich. You don't need jelly, man. You don't. Natural, honey. Peanut butter, banana, and honey. Ooh, that's the bomb right there, man. That's all you need, right? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. God says this is a land flowing with milk and honey. So Saul, what in the world are you doing forbidding my people to have this honey that I've given to them? The guy was just so far off. Why? Well, because he was a guy that was trying to lead. He was trying to lead, trying to lead, but he wasn't trying to follow God in order to lead. And there's a, an infinite difference. Right? I've always told you guys that what makes a good leader is a good follower of Jesus Christ. And that means that you have to have quiet time with him. You've got to sit at his feet, and you've got to always have your spiritual antennas on. 
just wanting to hear his still voice. You see, we know that fasting in and of itself is not wrong to do. It's actually something that God assumes we'll be doing now as his New Testament followers, right? But fasting must be spirit-led, and especially when you're going to impose it on other people. That's why I normally don't do that to you. I don't think I've ever told you you've got to fast, have I? I've always told you if the Lord lays it on your heart, you know, join me in this day of fasting or whatever. Because, man, you really got to make sure you heard God's voice, right? And so we see what happened was Saul's rash oath, it did more damage than good. You know, if only they had been allowed to eat the honey, then their countenance would have brightened. I like what it says right there in verse 27 when, you know, he got the honey, he was all happy, man. <laughs> it was just good for him and it gave him strength. And, and then Jonathan reveals the fact that, you know what, if only we would have been allowed to eat the honey, we would have had a greater victory. And so, leaders, the lesson is really clear. Just We must be spirit-led. We have to have this personal relationship with God. And if you're not willing to, to pay that price, if you're not willing to to seek God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, then you know what? Don't be a leader anymore because you'll do more damage than good because we want a great victory. And so may God stir us up in this whole thing. You know, just beware of believing that empty religion and man-made rules and regulations are spiritual or profitable. And so what we see here is the Lord ministers to us. And, and you know, Jonathan, you know, some people say, well, Jonathan shouldn't have said that. And David Guzik said, Jonathan shouldn't have said that. I don't know, man. You know, we do have to be careful, We, you know, when we undermine maybe authority of a leader. So I would encourage you, if your leader's off, don't really make it public. First, go to your leader. Go to your leader and talk to them about that. But the bottom line is what Jonathan was saying in the end was true. And so what ends up happening is this, okay? Uh, imagine fighting. Okay, I'm going to share this with you guys. Don't tell anybody, all right? But when you teach a Bible study, uh, and this is a scientific fact, you get hungry afterwards. I don't know why. They say it's very draining. That's why I like going in and out on Thursday nights. You can ask my wife on the way home, right? It's very draining. But imagine fighting a war. Imagine fighting a war, and they chased them 14 miles. So you're fighting, you're, you know, and your leader says nobody's allowed to eat anything. And so what happens when it's time to eat? What do you think? They're maniacs. Animal style, right? That's exactly what happens. It says right here in verse 32, And the people rushed on the spoil and took sheep, oxen, and calves, and they slaughtered them on the ground, and the people ate them with the blood. Now, we know they're not supposed to do that, right? According to Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 23, 24, they're supposed to drain the blood. But these guys were so hungry Saul had brought them to that place. Not that Saul was the one to blame, but he was an instrument to make them stumble. And that's what legalism will always do. 
You know, we think it's for their benefit, but in the end, it's not. You know, another thing, and this is just as a quick side note, and it's always hard. You've got to have that personal relationship with God. But, you know, if you're, say, oh, I'm just caring, but if you're overbearing, and if you've got a million rules and regulations over whoever it is, maybe it's your kids, and the one day, probably when they have a little bit of freedom, guess what they're going to do? A lot of times they might go full bore. So you really got to make sure that you have a love relationship with God and not a legal relationship with God because the legalist, not that he's the one to blame, but he will be an instrument to cause others to stumble. That's what Saul did. You know, he said, hey, nobody eat, nobody eat. And so when it was finally time to eat, man, they just grubbed, right? And so what ends up happening, though, in verse 33, they told Saul, said, Hey, look, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. And so he said, You guys are bad. You've dealt treacherously. And so roll a large stone to me this day. And then Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, Bring me here every man's ox and every man's sheep. Slaughter them here and eat. And do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood. And so every one of the people, they brought his ox with him that night and slaughtered it there. And then Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar that he built to the Lord. Now, maybe he did a little good. Maybe it was kind of hypocritical. You know, they're not eating. So Saul is kind of like the one that made him really hungry. Uh, And so there they are, they're grubbing. Yeah, they're doing the wrong thing. But Saul says, hey, time out. You're breaking, you know, Leviticus chapter 27, Deuteronomy. Uh, And so what we need to do is we need to come over here and drain the blood. And that's cool. And so maybe it was a little little good. There's always glimpses of hope. You know, maybe you're here tonight and and, and a lot of your life has been bad. But then there's always those opportunities. There's opportunities just to really get right with the Lord. You know, I would venture to say that since you guys are coming here on a midweek service, that you're pretty right on, most of you here, right? Are you guys right on? You're like, yeah, dude, I'm here on a Thursday night, man. It's not even a Sunday. Yeah, well, some of you just came for the air conditioning, man. (laughs) God knows your heart, right? And, and I wouldn't be surprised, I would not be surprised if there are some people that are really, really struggling tonight. You're struggling. You're not really right with the Lord. You, you, you are not really right with the Lord. And then there's that glimpse of hope. Here you are on a, on a midweek service. I don't know how you ended up here. God brought you here. And I just want to encourage you. Just surrender everything to the Lord, man. Whatever it is that's getting in the way, I don't know if it's drugs or alcohol or maybe it's a a relationship that you need to cut off, you need to end. Because, you know, not only, you know, do we have those times where maybe you're sexually involved with someone. Man, definitely clear. Don't be involved with that individual. But, you know, you really got to pray about things. A lot of the decisions that we have made, we haven't really prayed about them. And maybe this individual you know, is not really edifying your relationship with God. You know, and rather than bringing you up, because really one day when you find a boyfriend or a girlfriend, 
you know, God will use them in your life to lift you up and to point you to Jesus and to make you stronger as a Christian. You know, here you are and you're with someone and all you do is fight. You guys don't even focus on the Lord. You know what? Step back. Step away from that relationship. And focus first on your relationship with with God. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I do want to encourage you tonight to know that he loves you, man. He loves you. And he wants you to start over. You know, what we see right here, learning from the life of Saul, is I believe, and we see it throughout the Bible, so many different opportunities, and he blew them all. But, you know, there were those opportunities nonetheless. Here he builds an altar. But the whole thing, it doesn't really last long. Because look at verse 36. It says, And then now Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light. And let us not leave a man of them. And the soldiers, all the people, they said, Okay, cool. Do whatever seems good to you. And so here's something that I don't know if you can relate to this, but I can relate to this. That there you are, and you haven't really been seeking the Lord. And so you've made some decisions that have kind of messed you up. They kind of messed you up. For Saul, it was his decision to not allow them to eat honey, which then didn't give him a complete victory. Okay, because he wasn't seeking the Lord. And so now, what does he try to do? He tries to make up for it. Okay, well, then we got to rush into battle now. we got to go, you know, and do this right now. Because that's what will happen is you'll make series of decisions trying to fix the last one that you messed up on. And, and that's where he was. Oh, we better do this right away. But look what happens. It's kind of cool. Everybody's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We'll do it. But in verse 36, it says, Then the priest said, Well, let us draw near to God here. You know what the priest basically says? Let's pray. Let's pray about it. And, and you know, I really encourage you, not just pray, you know, like, Oh, okay, Lord, I just the situation to you. Uh, take care of it, Lord, please. And, and then you go and you make your decision, Right? You know, we do that sometimes. You know what? That's not really praying about it. What I'm talking about, and I think what we need to do, is to pray about it until we hear the voice of God giving us an answer. Now, granted, there are some times where you can't wait. You know, maybe they say, okay, 2 o'clock on Tuesday, you've got to tell me. But a lot of the times you can wait, 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 because God is alive. And God is, you know, for you. And he'll tell you what to do. He'll give you the marching orders. You know, but one of the things about, you know, having a a really effective prayer life is you can't be living in sin. And that's where Saul was. Because look what happens in verse 37. And so Saul asked counsel of God. He said, shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? But... He did not answer him that day. And so you're praying, but you're not getting an answer. Why? Why? It's because there's sin in your life. And you're too prideful 
to humble yourself. And, 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 you know, pride is an ugly thing. Pride is an ugly thing. And you hold on to your pride for, for whatever reason. We already talked about the fact that, you know, Saul had a big problem. He wouldn't say, I have sinned. He just made excuse and excuse and excuse and excuse. Uh, this week I read an interesting quote. It said, if there's anything worse than our sins, it's our infinite capacity to rationalize it away. Oh, hey, Manny, you did that. Well, it's because you did that, right? And it's because of this and that and all these things. And rather than just saying, I've sinned, I've blown it, you're right, God help me. But, you know, Saul sinned. And, and so he's praying, and, and God wouldn't hear his prayers. The Bible says, what, in Psalm 66, was it Psalm 66, verse 18? I'll get that passage for you. Where is that one, 68? 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God won't hear my prayers, right? That's holding on to this sin. Over in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Husbands, dwell with your wives according to understanding, right? Giving honor to the wife is a weaker vessel. Being joined heirs of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Maybe that's why... There's not like power in your prayers. Maybe that's why there's not this uh, communication with God that is so beautiful when you're, when you're there. You know, and I know you guys, and I hope you've experienced this, when you know this prayer life, and it's beautiful, and it's God, and, and you're with Him, and He hears your cries, and He answers them. But if it's not happening, and I believe it, it happens like this, not just where you go... And you ask for something and you don't get it. Or even when you go and you don't really feel it. But I believe it's also you don't even go. You don't even go. Because there's sin in your life. Your prayers are hindered. And the ugly thing about it is this. Is that, you know what? Saul, that's how he died. Remember later, the last chapter of this book, chapter 28, you know, it says that there are the Philistines, again, it's the Philistines, and so he goes and he, and, he, and he talks to the Lord, and the Lord doesn't answer. Again, you know, how many years later, you know, decades later, it's the same problem that he prays and God won't answer, and the reason why God won't answer is because he won't come clean of the sin, and so what ends up happening is he says, man, i got to get an answer. And so he goes and he tries to find a medium. He finds the witch of Endor. And then Samuel, remember Samuel comes up, and it's a really crazy story. But Samuel says, what's up, man? I was having a good time. What are you bothering me for, right? And what does Saul say? God won't hear my prayers. God won't hear my prayers. It's the same problem. And what we find is that, you know, God makes us search our hearts, you guys. As you go through the story right here, and we don't have time to go through it, but, you know, Saul's all, okay, whose fault is it? And he goes and he has all these different things, and, oh, it must be, you know, Jonathan. Oh, it's Jonathan. And in the end, we're going to see that it wasn't Jonathan. It wasn't the nation of Israel. It was, it was Saul. And that's probably a good place for us to close today. I know that 
you know, so many of you guys here, and especially the, the girls, well, I don't know if I should say that, man, but you love the Lord. You love Jesus, and you are walking with him, and you are spirit-led, and, and it's a beautiful thing, and I just thank God for you. But I also know that there's, there's a few of us that are not there. It's just a religion. It's not what it should be. And so my prayer tonight is that, you guys, we would learn from, from Saul and just whatever's in the way, you know, let's just come clean, you guys. Let's humble ourselves and uh, let's admit that we have sinned and let's really seek the Lord with everything that we are. It's a beautiful thing to have a relationship with God. You know, when I first got saved, I didn't need anybody to tell me, well, you need to have quiet time with God. It was the Holy Spirit He told me. He said, Manny, wake up early in the morning before your family does. Or, or Manny, wake up you know, early in the morning before you have to go out and start your day and, and seek me. Don't give me the leftovers because you know what? That never works. God says, give me the fat of the firstborn. Give me the best of the best. Give me the first fruits of your time, of your day. And, and, and that's been something that God has just gripped me with all of my life as a Christian. And then, you know, he adds to that certain times during the afternoon. And then in the evening, it's harder for me. Pray for me. But I'm not going to give up. And also, you don't give up. The key to your life, the key to your life is your quiet time with the Lord. Your quiet time with him. Spend time with him. Read the word. Pray. Ask God to lead you, to speak to you. And especially if you're a leader. If you're a leader, don't go out without marching orders from Jesus Christ. I pray you guys, we would seek him with all our hearts. And Father, we thank you so much for just loving us, Lord. And I know in my own life, Father, you, you, you don't want sin in my life, and not because you're mad at me. It's because you love me. You love me. I don't know why you love me, but I know you do. And all those things, Lord, those sins that maybe I hold on to, my pride, or whatever it is, God, I, I pray that you help us to let those things go, Lord. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to hold on to the sin and to lose this relationship that you offer to us. And so, Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, Lord, you would allow us to enter in to this beautiful relationship with you and that we wouldn't be making decisions, you know, off the cuff and we wouldn't be making decisions in the flesh. That we wouldn't be living a life, Lord God, apart from your perfect will. And that you would just bless, abundantly bless, my brothers and my sisters here today, Lord. 
And we pray, Lord, if there is anyone here today who doesn't know you, Lord, who's not a Christian, Father, that you would save them, that today would be the day of salvation. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe a friend brought you here, man, you can leave today knowing the Lord. And all you have to do right where you are is just admit to God you're a sinner. But, you know, you know that he died for you. And and today, right where you are, just give him your life. Give him your heart. Pray to him. And just tell him, Lord, I trust you today as my Lord and Savior. I pray you would do that. I pray that we would all be in right relationship with you, Lord, I pray. And I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.